Wow. It's November 1st, guys. Is time just flying by or am I just living in my own little world? (sighs) Wow. Also, can we just take a moment to talk about eclipse season and last weekend's full moon? Was that just the most insane and intense energy? Or like, is it just me and you all are okay? Um, I'm an Aquarius and I know that fixed signs were hit the hardest, but damn, (laughs) that was a lot. Um, So many emotions and clarity on the things that aren't serving me. Truly just looking in the mirror and taking full responsibility for my life and choices and... Lately, I've been having just the most intense curiosities about my ancestors and where I come from, and especially my mom's mom, Sis Rose, who I never got to meet, but I've been having these really strong visions and emotions that come up when I think about her. I think when I'm home for the holidays this year, I want to really just dive in and ask my mom and all of my aunts what her presence and life was like. Anyways, um, yeah, a lot has been happening in my personal life and, well, the world. It's a really weird time. I'm always torn whether to give little life updates in the intros of the episodes or not. There's truly so much that has been happening and really that's happened over the past year. Um, I don't know. I think I might do my first solo episode for the podcast first birthday next week which I cannot even believe it's been almost a year I feel like it was just yesterday I was stressing about (laughs) the technical side of starting a podcast and putting it off for weeks and weeks but yeah I think I will try and record an episode I'm headed to Philly this weekend but maybe that's what I'll do when I get back anyways okay I feel like that's already a mini episode in itself, so let's just get back on track and chat about today's episode, which I am so excited for. Today's guest is New York-based Rochelle Robinette. Rochelle is a registered herbalist, educator, writer, and founder of Pharmacon Supernaturals and Herbals. With an interest in plants and herbs from a young age, she has always eagerly turned to her studies as the evolution of her career transpired. Originally in the fashion world, she turned a weekend passion into the thriving community and businesses you see today. With a modern take on wellness and a globally spirited educator, she is a dedicated explorer of the human journey. Her content and teachings are powered by a unique blend of determination and wanderlust, with an ever-growing community always returning for more. In the interludes of life, writing has always been an outlet to express herself in wisdom. In today's episode, we chat about her journey into her career, tips for maintaining wellness rituals to support the nervous system while living in a busy city, herbs for the coming cold months, and the process in creating a wellness brand. Also, a little holiday treat from Rochelle and her team, we are giving you 15% off of herbals with code ALLDREAM from now until November 17th. Stock up now for all of your holiday travels and get a few extra for stocking stuffers for your loved ones. Okay, let's get into today's episode.
maybe we discovered each other because of We All Dream. Yeah, I think so. I think I had Lily or someone, some other, um, maybe like a holistic herbalist or someone was on. And I think that's how we discovered each other. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you. Um, I've been wanting to have more of um, the holistic and herbal and healing community kind of on because that was like Mm -hmm. kind of the original concept behind it. Um, So I'm really excited to have you on. And um, I was reading a few of your Substack articles Mm -hmm. the other day, and I love that you were discussing like turning your passions into your work and all of that. So I think it's, you know, the perfect um, conversation to be having right now, especially in like this transitional season. Yeah. Um, Okay. So let's just start off simple with letting everyone know who you are and what you do. Definitely. So I'm Rochelle Robinette, a registered herbalist and the founder of Pharmacon Supernatural and Herbals. And as an herbalist, my primary focus at this point is on herbalism education. So teaching people how to be healthier with plants and how to navigate both their bodies and the industry, which can seem overwhelming, but really has so much to offer when we know how to go about it. So I'm here to help educate, empower, inspire. Yeah, I love that. And um, before we dive into all of that and um, hearing about everything that's going on currently, I want to like backtrack a little bit and hear a little bit about your upbringing. Yeah, definitely. So I grew up primarily on a farm in the Pacific Northwest and learned a lot about nature and life and death and health and solitude and hard work and all the lessons that one learns you know in the great outdoors and in an environment that involves you know a lot of labor Uh, I also grew up between homes that were quite different so my parents were divorced and I was with my dad on the farm he was an anesthesiologist and um more Western medicine practitioner, though he grew up on a ranch and had a lot of um, also experiences with nature and health and and taught us a lot about the human body and the importance of growing your own food and um, how to travel. And, uh, you know, I I got one sort of perspective of health from him. And then at my mom's house, um, we learned all about functional nutrition and alternative ways of healing. Uh, vitamins and supplements. Uh, So my mom is a nutritionist and functional medicine practitioner and was very indulgent of all of my alternative inclinations. So I was like, mom, I want to go to the health food store. I want to go to the witch store. I want to go to the craft store. Um, And I was able to learn about herbal teas and the benefits of, you know, nutrition from a sort of phytochemical or phytonutrient standpoint. Um, And she really also helped us to develop a relationship with our body and our mind that involved asking why, Uh, why do I have this symptom? Why do I feel this way? 
Mm-hmm. And so both homes, I think, taught me very early on that uh, causes and symptoms, you know, are different things. Um, and I have basically a spiritual attachment to understanding the why of just about everything. Um, so between those homes and then of my own kind of spirit, you know, I've been pursuing um, how it is and why it is everything that we take in through our senses affects our experience of life, which is, you know, our health. Mm-hmm. And can you describe what a phytochemical is for those who don't know? Sure. So a phytochemical would be anything in a botanical ingredient. So food, spices, herbs, mushrooms, um, you name it, that is uh, active. So, um, I mean, and they basically all are, you know, even fiber, which may be like an inert, you know, quote unquote inert substance, but um, phytochemicals will have certain benefits or effects on our body. So you could think of um, essential oils as a certain kind of phytochemical. You could think of um, vitamin C or any kind of vitamins or minerals or um, compounds in plants that affect us in a certain way. So phyto is, is plant and plant chemical phytochemical would be that plant-based chemical. Cool. Um, yeah, it's really cool that you were raised in that environment and, um, I totally makes sense what you're doing now. (laughs) Um, so let's just dive in a little bit to your journey. That's led up to this moment. You were saying that as a kid, you were really interested in your mom, bringing you to the different stores and like learning about these things, but was it so linear and like understanding from a young age, this is what you wanted to do. Like, what did you study and what did you think your path was going to be or if it was clear or not? Yeah, um, it was definitely not linear in the sense that, you know, growing up in that environment, all I wanted to do was get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was on the farm and, you know, frankly, I hated it. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to move to New York and work in fashion. I wanted mm-hmm. to be in the middle of an urban environment. I wanted to wear suits. I wanted to work at Vogue. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to have anything to do with vegetables and dirt and weeds. <laughs> so, um, you know, so what happened is all of my interest in health and nutrition and the kind of spiritual inclinations that I mentioned. And when I say spiritual, it's really like a naturalistic um, bent. I just have this relationship with nature mm-hmm. um, that is that. But all of that became just what I was um, interested in personally. And uh, it remained, you know, it it evolved and progressed and grew, but it was a private practice. And um, what I did with my career was I studied uh, business and I studied journalism and I worked at Microsoft and I worked at Nordstrom and I modeled and I produced shoots and um, did all the work that I possibly could to get out of Seattle, which is where I was going to school and into New York city as quickly as possible. Um, and I moved to New York, kind of that story of, you know, I had nothing, I had sold Mm -hmm. everything, two suitcases, um, no friends, nowhere to live. Like I lived in communal housing, um, and just figured it out, you know, from the beginning. Um, and really just just hustled and 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 ground um into fashion uh and got where i wanted to be i loved working in the fashion industry um you know i felt like my dreams were coming true i was able to work with 
photographers and models and stylists and creative directors that I had, you know, pinned up on my wall in college, like people that I had just studied and idolized and really was inspired by, I was able to work with, I was able to travel, um, do a lot of high profile stuff and have a good time. And at some point, um, and in the meantime, you know, I was um, continuing to pursue all this health stuff, you know, again, just on the weekends, I would go home on the weekend, and I would take off my um, fashion clothes, and I would become a witch, <laughs> and like <laughs> make tinctures and go to um, sound baths and hypnotherapy sessions and on retreat to Peru to um, experience ayahuasca, you know, far, far before it was trendy to do that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was, I was in the fashion industry, um, doing what I was doing. And I was, uh, simultaneously sober, raw vegan, and like an Ashtangi, you know, yogi, Ashtanga yeah. <laughs> practicing yogi. So when the wellness industry and the wellness trend started to emerge, um, people, recognized that that's what I was doing they were like oh there's some like rhyme or reason there are other kind of you know ideas and people and there's like some cohesion um around this this wellness thing and you know we know you do this stuff and you bring your weird food to work and like you go on weird vacations and like tell us more and so long story short um at the same time that I was starting to realize that fashion was probably not the rest of my life, not because I became disillusioned with it, but just because I felt like I checked this box. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I achieved this sort of dream. Do I need to like stay in it? And mm-hmm. I felt like, no, I actually was ready to evolve into whatever was next. So that was happening internally for me. And then externally, the environment that I was in was the wellness industry was starting to pick up um, speed. So at that point, I uh, left my job. I transitioned over a period of many months, um, left my job and, uh, started supernatural, uh, and really kind of started over again. You know, I, I did it with just my own savings. We've never had investors or anything and wasn't sure exactly what I was building, but I recognized that this thing that I had been nurturing since I was a child, frankly, this health wellness thing, was um, really what the world wanted from me. And it mm-hmm. felt like a very, um, it felt like merging more of myself, you know, mm-hmm. with um, the world as opposed to keeping separate this like personal pursuit and then my career. And so I kind of came out as an herbalist and was like, yes, this is this is actually who I am and what I do. Um, and from then on, it's been supernatural and herbals which is another long story (laughs) yeah and so when you were working in the fashion world was there a time where you started you know like did you take a course for herbalism or were you just like kind of learning on your own and that's how it like transpired yeah so I have been studying fairly obsessively since I was a kid yeah like literally like reading the web that has no weaver, you know, when I was super young, doing reports on acupuncture and moxibustion, um, really self-study, reading studies, like spending my weekends in PubMed, you know, that kind of thing. Um, So I had a a lot of self-study all the way up until 
I think after I quit fashion and I launched my company and we started first with products. Mm -hmm. Um, and at the point that people started asking me to coach them also in the beginning, I didn't use the term herbalist. Like I Mm -hmm. didn't know, you know, what it was that I was, I was sometimes a health coach, a wellness practitioner, like, you know, so I had all this kind of varied knowledge and experience that it wasn't clear what title was apt to kind of sum it up. Yeah. Um, but it, when people started asking me to coach them and I started to take clients on, I felt a responsibility to educate myself more deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point I started taking courses in more nutrition in herbalism, in different kind of spiritual or um, energetic modalities, trying to kind of find what it was that I felt like I really wanted to specialize in. Mm -hmm. And at that point, after I was taking classes, sometimes in person, sometimes online, um, I realized that herbalism actually included everything I was doing. It included food, movement, mindfulness, energetics, physics, you know, physicalities, all of it. Um, And so then I studied more and more herbalism. So I have at this point, a combination of all my self-study plus um, studies with uh, Thomas Easley and also with uh, David Winston. And those herbalism studies have also kind of, I'm pretty much always in some kind of course, um, yeah. So it, it, at this point it's pretty, it's pretty thoroughly herbalism, but I still continue to study other kind of, uh, complementary modalities that can benefit my offerings. Yeah. I have a lot of friends in the wellness world and, um, a lot of herbalists, a lot of, um, holistic nutritionists, um, healers. And my mom is also, she does more like energy work, but it's like a lifelong study. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's just, you're a constant student of life. And like, I think that's really cool because it, I think that's the type of career that you just like grow and evolve with your whole life. I think it's very cool and a change of pace. And a lot of the people I've spoken to that are in this realm, they all were originally in like fashion and they were like, mm-hmm, like yeah. I had this other interest, this other calling, like I've, you know, I've always had the interest since I was a kid. And so it's interesting to see like where your interests were as a kid and like what you end up doing in life. Yeah. And I think, especially in New York, the, there was a big fashion to wellness, um, like Exodus and, mm-hmm. I've written about it a few times because I find it very intriguing. Um, and I think it's a combination of like, you know, New York is is obviously a, a sort of Petri dish for new ideas and early adopters and, yeah. um, you know, uh, progressive um, thinkers. And I think fashion is also especially that. Mm-hmm. And fashion also had like that industry was already acquainted with fad diets or juicing or Mm -hmm. some of the things that were first in wellness, like Mm -hmm. juicing was early in, you know, the wellness scene, superfoods. It's always, there's always a diet element. And I think this like acquaintance with it, plus this um, comfort being 
like a little strange, a little odd, an early adopter, um, you know, uh, kind of fringe, which is again, what wellness really was in the beginning. Um, I think a lot of that accounts for why the, why so many fashionistas, if you will, um, hopped over into wellness also. And this is something that I, I was aiming to do as well. Wellness was the fashion, fashionization of a lot of information that already existed that was just really crunchy and like ready for a rebrand yeah so a lot of it is about aesthetics and Mm -hmm. repackaging you know information that's ancient frankly and making it cool and sexy and fashionable and that kind of thing yeah it's so true because I you know I grew up around all of this and like you I was just itching to get out of it itching to get to New York and be in the fashion world Um, and then it was funny when I was in college in that rebranding phase started to happen and all the girls in this fashion space were getting interested. I was like, wait a second, I grew up with this and this is like, (laughs) like, this is like the rebrand of it, but like, I know all of this. And, um, so it's interesting to see that happen. And, um, so let's talk about the herbalism a little bit and what that looks like and yeah, what it looks like to be a practitioner. Is that the right term? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, well, it's it's different depending on what kind of practitioner you know someone is, an herbalist is, and also what they want to do with their practice. So, mm-hmm. you know, for me, it was products in the beginning, and then a private practice, seeing one-on-one clients that became very robust. Uh, and I was, um, I enjoyed that, but I also felt a little bit confined by only being able to speak to one person at a time. And so mm-hmm. I built out online classes and now do a lot of um, content so that I can be speaking one to many. Mm-hmm. Um, we also had a cafe and apothecary for many years, e-commerce, um, uh, you know, all of these things one can do as an herbalist or as an herbal practitioner. Um Someone can also, and I do a lot of this now and I really enjoy it Um, as an herbalist, you know, you can consult with other companies in the herbal space to either help guide them on messaging or formulation. Um, You can work in teaching people how to be herbalists. You can work in teaching people how to just be healthier as their own, you know, human self um, can get into the legalities of the herbal um, kind of regulation industry. So as an herbalist, there are a lot of different um, things that you can then, you know, do with it or, or places that you can take it. Um, I would say most commonly, probably herbalists are um, working in a private practice or, and, or a physical space, uh, and may also have, you know, a product line or an online store, mm-hmm. but again, you can take it however, wherever you want. You can yeah. be an herbal artist. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, so what, this is something I always really like to ask because, living in New York, it's really easy to have a dysregulated nervous system. Like there's that constant feeling of like, you have to do more, you have to keep going, you have to be out and about. And to be honest, I've only been here for three years. So even when I'm at home taking like a quote unquote, slow self day, I have that internal anxiety. So, and I think it's really important to get to that, to the root of that and um, like understand 
what's happening in your system, but also I know that herbs can be a great support and supplement to help regulate. So I'm just wondering what rituals or um, things you can recommend for those living in, you know, busy cities and that want to find that grounding. Yeah. So many things, so many things. Um, Yeah. I think that, you know, there are some of the the essentials like being mindful of caffeine and alcohol consumption. Mm-hmm. And one way that herbs can help there is to act as um, supplements or replacements, you know, so I drink a little bit of coffee in the morning, but it's half coffee and half uh, herbal coffee. If I want any more energy throughout the day, which I usually do not, <laughs> um, it comes in the form of more herbs, not more caffeine. Um, I don't really drink alcohol anymore. Um, and I do a ton of herbal cocktails and mocktails. Um, so many different herbs that you can place at the kind of happy hour or evening time. Uh, a lot of times I'll just bring like a tincture with me if I go out or go to a party and want to have like kava is usually what I use. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, for the nervous system, the category of herbs that is, that is absolutely, you know, design, not even, I don't want to say design, but that is, that is for the nervous system are called nervines. Um, and nervines are lavender, chamomile, rose, oat, passionflower, California poppy, hops, valerian, motherwort, vervain. So all of those and more are specifically targeting our nervous system to calm it, to help us sleep, to help us function during the day without, you know, anxiety, Mm -hmm. um, and even to restore the nervous system as if, um, you know, as if nutrition or from a sort of nourishing food standpoint. So oat, for example, um, works like a food for the nervous system. So, Nervines are really what the world um, needs now. Everybody thinks that they need adaptogens, but um, probably what they need are are nervines. Um, and you know, we can have them every single day for the rest of our lives and be all the better for it. So, I recommend those in a steady drip, in addition to you know habit and lifestyle adjustments. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, what about any tips for the transition from like the buzz of summer and just like having that heat and Mm. moving into, you know, the darker months, the colder months slowing down? Yeah. So I think depending on how it affects you would inform the sort of herbs that you might want. So for me, um, like just today, I started to add um, cinnamon, cayenne, um, cardamom, some of these, these warming circulation, increasing spices in today's plenty warm in New York, but like the cold is coming. The cold has been here in the mornings. And, um, so I like to increase that circulation. Um, you know, internally that's a yang, for example, as opposed to a yin or yang or yin. Um, for some people it brings seasonal affective disorder or like lower mood. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, one of the greatest combinations for that is uh, St. John's wort and lemon balm together. That's a very, um, very common, sad formula. Mm-hmm. Um, what else can, you know, if digestion changes, then including digestive bitters, we want to adjust our food, you know, to try to be as seasonal as possible. So we're probably having more 
cooked food, less raw, more root vegetables, um, getting to the farmer's market or, you know, doing a CSA if possible is always a good idea. Um, sleep tends to increase this time of year. So it, it can be a little bit less of a challenge for some people, but again, everyone's different. So yeah, yeah those are some of the, some of the basics I would say. Yeah. Cool. Um, and let's just jump over to supernatural. I think that it's kind of like a full circle moment because I would say, I want to say one or two years ago, I'm always an upstate stock and they all always have all these really beautiful package, like products and things. And, um, I saw those products and one, I love the packaging, but two, I saw the one for digestion and I was like, Oh, I need to try this because, <laughs> I just have a long history of digestive issues that I'm constantly like looking for things to help ease it or things I can add into my routine. Um, and so I kept stocking up on them. And then when I had the podcast with Lily and you and I connected and I was like seeing who you were, I was like, oh my God, she's the founder of this brand that I literally <laughs> have in my drawer right now. Like, oh, that's I love cool. that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like a full circle moment. Um, and I love the product, but uh, maybe you can just tell us about it and um, how it came to be and when it came to be and just the whole story. Sure. So those are herbals, our herbal gummies. And um, we created those. I created those several years ago at this point. I think it might have been 2019 that we launched. And when we did, it was one of the very first uh, herbal gummies on the market that was non CBD. Mm -hmm. So at the time, uh, you know, anybody that I was talking to was like, that's incredible. Why haven't we thought of herbal gummies before? What, what in the world, you know, and now of course yeah. it's less novel, but back then, um, it was quite a new idea. And what had happened is, you know, we had a full product line. We had teas and tinctures and body care and all sorts of stuff. And, um, I was seeing it grow and I was also seeing that it was, it didn't quite represent what I was about. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, these are herbal products and they're great, but something about them doesn't feel aligned enough with me and with Supernatural and with our message for me to want to grow it all the way. Mm -hmm. So I let them all sell out and then I discontinued products for probably a year and a half. Um, and during that year and a half, I was at the cafe, you know, most days talking to people and watching people interact with herbal products, herbal tea, other companies, products, and just hanging out with people, you know, that, that were new to herbalism and, and understanding what they needed and what they wanted. And I realized that, um, tinctures and powders and all the things like they're confusing. Mm -hmm. They're still confusing and people are not sure how to use them. And if you're new to herbalism, they're really confusing. And yeah. so, you know, I realized like, I want to do a product that is very straightforward. Everyone knows how to consume it. And also I like the idea of a gummy being in the food world as well, because I, you know, herbalists always start with food. The people don't generally realize that, but food is our first medicine. Um, and that felt right. And so in, I, you know, decided we'll do herbal gummies and, um, formulated them and worked on creating, you know, the formulas with a professional, um, 
uh, sort of chef, if you will, so that they can scale and be shelf stable and be legal and all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we have three SKUs. So we have everyday endurance for energy, brain health, metabolism, uh, endurance recovery. We have digestness, which is for digestion and gut health. We have nerveless, which is for nervous system rehabilitation and calm, like on the go. And then we're about to launch a new flavor in the next um, month, which is all um, about happiness, mood, and alternative to alcohol. So that one is called Happy Hour, spoiler, Um, and will be really special and here really soon. So yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Herbals. I've been on like a non-drinking journey recently just because I feel really badly yeah. um, from alcohol. I don't know if it's just like I'm getting older and I've always been sensitive to it, but it's just getting more and more. So I've been doing a lot of tinctures. I love all of these new, like switch this out for a yeah. drink and still feel good and still feel light and energetic because that's for me, the whole point why I have a cocktail. Like I just want to mm-hmm. feel loose and happy and in the moment. Um, so that's really cool. I'm excited for that. And so what is the best way to practice of like herbs and is it best to take them once a day or just as needed? Cause they are like on the go. And that's what I love about them. They're simple to throw in your bag or keep in your drawer, keep everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. So keep them everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) I have all mine right here on, on my desk. Um, Yeah. So they're designed to give you what you need right away. Mm -hmm. And if you do take them long-term, you, you get a kind of secondary benefit. So each one can be taken as needed. Mm -hmm. So nerveless, whenever you're feeling anxious or like before you go into something that makes you feel anxious, you can take it. Um, but also if you just said, I want to take one of these every single day, um, over time, you're getting this nervous system rehabilitation as well as like that calm in the moment. Um, the same for digestness. So you can take it before meals or after um, to help enhance digestion and absorption, but there's also gut healing ingredients in it. So mm-hmm. if you're taking it every day, you're promoting gut healing long-term. Everyday endurance is the same energy right away, but also all the adaptogens and mushrooms in that one will give you support long-term. And then happy hour as well as happy hour is um, even more for in the moment. Yeah. Um, but again, like using it on a regular basis is just going to, it's going to pick up that kind of ground level mood over time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. The digestness, the one that I most fr- frequently grab for, um, in the past, I've always had a hard time when I try new products, like understanding, is this really helping me or is it like a placebo effect or mm. what is it? So like, I like to kind of play with things and like take something for like, let's say a week or two weeks straight and then mm-hmm. like stop for a moment and like see how it feels. And those chews are amazing because mm. anything can just make me feel off. Like I could have a beautiful home cooked nourishing meal mm-hmm. and I still don't feel so great after. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those chews are amazing. I, oh, I really I'm so glad to hear that <laughs> enough of them. And so, um, I'm currently going through my Saturn return and a lot of people I speak to, like they've had these careers in their early twenties, mid twenties, late twenties. And then that's kind of when they like shift either into their own thing or like their, um, 
their like true path and purpose of what they're meant to be doing. So Mm -hmm. when you were switching over to like kind of creating something new and like taking the time at the cafe to like get to know people, um, like what stage of that was in your, what stage of your life was that in? Because I think it's important to let people know that these things don't happen overnight. And like the success you're seeing on Instagram, isn't like that journey. Like right. it's not just like, it didn't just happen overnight. It, it had to be built. Um, so I always like to touch upon that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would say it's funny. So I just had my, um, this, this will seem unrelated until I tie it back in. I just had my um, hair colored recently by somebody who I've been seeing since I moved to New York um, over, over 10 years ago. And mm-hmm. um, she and I were reflecting. So, we, you know, I have a book deal now and I'm writing this um, whole kind of story of life and supernatural. And she was like, girl, you know, day by day, hour by hour, brick by brick. Like I've watched you just build this thing and nobody sees that, you know? And, um, that's the truth, (laughs) you know, as you mentioned, like what you see on Instagram, um, isn't what happens day by day, hour by hour, brick by brick. You know, we do our best to sort of show that, but, um, this has been, um, a journey of, you know, intense focus and, um, and, uh, a maintenance or not a, a, yeah, maintenance of, of purpose. So constant, constant consideration of, um, what do I want out of my life? You know, big picture and on Mm -hmm. a daily basis. Um, and what can I do on an hourly basis really to make that happen? Um, yeah. and you know, it's, I think that, um, I just, I think that there was no, like there were, you know, and we were talking about this too. There was no big break. There was no moment where like, you know, success hit. It was literally one day, you know, at a time over the course of, of, my whole life to date really um and uh a lot of that journey I mean a lot of entrepreneurs will say the same thing it's uh you can you can do it with advisors you can do it with um investors you can do it with friends um but it's a it's a pretty solitary journey um at least in my experience it's been that and um you know I've I've uh not lost friends and lovers but they've said like damn, you work more than anybody I've ever seen. And that kind of freaks me out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, maybe sometimes we get lucky and there's a big break, but I think a lot of it comes from just being very, um, almost ruthless about what you need and what you want out of life and Mm -hmm. trying to square that on a, on a daily basis. Um, it'll, it'll reward you, but, uh, yeah, I think it takes, I think it takes holding it in mind, um, long-term. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. And (laughs) there's a question. Yeah. There's a question that I'm going to ask you in a little that helps us dive into that deeper. Cause it is really profound to be a female entrepreneur and just like really, you know, have these career shifts and understand your purpose and making sure you're clear on them and building those blocks every single day to get there. But in terms of supernatural, I know that, um, the industry is really 
uh, abundant, I would say in products Uh right now. And it's Mm -hmm. like a nice way of putting it, but there's a lot of products on the market. It's really becoming saturated. And I think it's just really hard to navigate, especially with like social media, what products are really beneficial and which are kind of, I don't want to say a scam, but you know, they're not really providing, uh, what they're claiming they provide. And do you have any tips for kind of navigating that? Cause as you said, it's confusing and people really don't know unless they're working with an herbalist one-on-one, they really don't know what they should and should not be taking. So is there any tip to like navigate, to understand like this product is worth investing in versus maybe I should skip over it? Yeah. Well, um, my book will answer a lot of that, you know, which is part, part of the reason why I'm running. And I think it will do a lot more than that, but, um, you know, in terms of navigating the market, you know, I, I write a lot about that and speak a lot about that. So hopefully, you know, if people are interested in that, then following me will be helpful. Um, I do recommend, uh, that we start from, uh, a point of, you know, internal reflection, sort of self-inquiry and um, considering what our own health needs are, as opposed to being driven by trends in the market whenever Mm -hmm. possible. So, um, you know, sometimes those things are one and the same, for example, indigestion or digestive imbalances are chronic and therefore they're a quote unquote trend as well. And therefore there are tons of products for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes, you know, for example, adaptogens is a, as a, is a big trend. Do we all need them? No, we definitely don't. Do we all think we need them? Yes. Um, so I think it's a matter of starting from, you know, reflecting on personal needs and, and doing our best to understand what causes are as opposed to symptoms and then considering really realistically, like if the cause of my tiredness every day is the fact that I'm not getting enough sleep, like not what herb can I take for sleep, but like, mm-hmm. how can I get to bed, bed on a, you know, earlier or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I think there's a ton of that that can, can change people's lives from a health standpoint. And we're just in the mindset of what's the medicine for the symptom, even if it's what's the herbal medicine for the symptom, which is not something that an herbalist will let you get away with either. You know, you really need to be thinking about the causes and anyway. So in terms of the market, um, you know, to be very general about it, I think it's a matter of looking at who's made the product. Um, what, how transparent are they about the dosing, the sourcing, whether or not it's organic, um, more information, from the, from the company or the makers is better and will usually, uh, usually, you know, reveals kind of their, um, priorities in terms of quality and, um, efficacy and, and, uh, you know, degree of ethics and that sort of thing. Um, the other thing I would note is that buying based on price is not the best way to go because, the value of higher quality products is higher than low quality products. Mm -hmm. And in herbalism, especially, it's very common that plants are adulterated, which means mixed with other plants, or they're not correctly identified, or they're Mm -hmm. not extracted in a good way. So if I just go on Amazon and buy the cheapest reishi powder, or like the middle of the road reishi powder, it's highly likely that it hasn't been extracted in a way that I can even absorb. So it's complete waste of money 
Yeah. Not only did I not save money, but I wasted it on something that's not effective. So you don't have to buy like the sexiest product in the world, but look for brands that have been around for a long time, have herbalists Mm -hmm. at the helm um, or are showing you some of their process. Yeah. Possible. Yeah. That's what I've mentioned to a few people before, because I know, especially young people, maybe they don't have the budget to be working with an herbalist every week, but maybe they can start slowly incorporating it once they have the resources. But I always say, follow herbalists like on Instagram, because even though they're not giving you that one-on-one attention, which is super helpful, if you have the resources for it, there's a lot of like tips or they'll post products that they love or like things they're using on a daily basis, just out of the love of sharing and like helping people and the information is out there if you want it. And um, I've been reading for the first time. I know it's like, everyone's already read it, but atomic habits, which I feel like I could, Oh yeah. I I think it's so long. I think it could have been a shorter book. (laughs) Um, but just like what you said about, like, do I really need herbs for my sleep or am I just getting five hours? You know, like, what is it? Because (laughs) the smallest habit changes, you're like, Oh, I feel so, um, anxious or or lethargic. And I'm like, what did you do all day? And they're like, I've been scrolling on TikTok and Instagram. You go outside, get sunshine, get fresh air, focus on your life instead of everyone else's life, you know? So it is a good point to kind of look inwards and think like, what are my daily habits? If I change those, how would I feel differently? And then if I'm still feeling some symptoms, maybe looking into herbalism. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. And so I loved your recent write-up on um, how to turn your passion into a business. And I would love to just dive into this more. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a whole topic um, that, I mean, we could obviously talk about it for hours. So to distill it down, you know, I would say it it reminds me of one point that I made already, which is um, keeping in mind, if possible on a daily basis, what it is that you feel um, is most meaningful for your life from a lot, you know, from a a global perspective, like long-term, you know, um, and then also how you like to live on a daily basis. And Mm -hmm. I see that because a lot of times those two things are in conflict and we don't recognize that until we get there. I want to work in fashion. This is, this was not my experience, but for example, I want to work in fashion. Um, and also I want to have a good work-life balance. Like, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Probably not going to happen. Right. Right. So you got to choose. And so I think there there's that, right. Like being realistic about what you want to do and how you want to live on a daily basis. And that can, that can inform, um, how important money is to you. For example, when I changed careers, my relationship with money and time changed before I wanted to make as much money as possible, be as senior as possible. I didn't care about work-life balance. And when I changed careers, I cared far less about money and all I wanted was more time. And now almost all the business decisions I make are related to how much more time will that give me? Because I want to spend my time doing other things Mm -hmm. that I know bring me joy. So things like that will reveal themselves, I think, when we continue to kind of consider them. A lot of people don't know what they want to do with their life or with their time. And so I think in order to make a passion a business, first, we have to identify 
what it is that we're really, truly passionate about, what we really want. And it's okay if you don't know before you start building. I didn't know what the heck I was building. I just knew that it was in a certain direction that I was mm-hmm. heading. And my whole life has kind of felt that way. Like there's a light over there. I am going in that direction. I trust myself. I trust, you know, that this is right. And I trust that like when I need to shift in a certain direction in order to sort of stay on that path, I will. But I kind of keep that North Star or True North, which is the tattoo on my finger, you know, yeah. mind at all times as a kind of guiding, you know, light. Um, the other thing I would say is that, you know, it doesn't have to happen all at once. So I was not comfortable with the hard stop of like, I'm going to quit my job and start my new thing. And it has to be successful. Otherwise I can't eat or pay rent. Mm-hmm. That freaked me out. So I had a transition period of probably a year or a year and a half where I was moonlighting, meaning freelancing for clients in the fashion industry, doing work and also building my business at the same time. And slowly I got rid of all of those clients as my business became more and more successful. And that personally worked for me. I would rather overwork and have more sort of security than that hard stop. Um, Everyone's different. Um, The other thing that that allowed me to do, which I think is helpful when we're, you know, kind of risking turning our passion into a business is that I was able to test and fail without again, failing to meet like rent or my grocery budget. So I had money coming in that allowed me to test things. I also really like to like testing is how I do things. Like I, from a business standpoint, from a personal standpoint, I really like to like do things as opposed to like think them all through and then launch them. I kind of launch all, you know, all the time. Um, test and learn. So again, like all of these are sort of my personal approaches and people will be different, you know, for another person, they might say, I know my passion is this. I want to go get a bunch of investment. I have, I want to build the perfect business plan. I want to launch it. And I want to run this thing this Mm -hmm. way for the next, you know, decade. Um, And that also works, but yeah, to sum it up, I would say, you know, taking a, as realistic a look up as possible at um, how your passion aligns with your kind of lifestyle priorities. Um, and then, you know, considering your comfort level with the sort of full immersion versus the tiptoeing into it. And then, um, I do think that we learn so much by experiencing things that it can be really helpful to, if you don't want to test and fail, um, go spend time with someone else who does what you think that you love doing and see what the real like life is really like, you know, like one quick example, you know, we had cafe apothecary for many, many years, a physical location. And I was talking to another herbalist this week who just launched his first um, clinic. And he was talking about how much time he spends doing all of the, um, all of the other stuff, you know, that is required to run a physical store. Mm -hmm. And so you might think that like, it's really, you know, what you're meant to do to run this physical store and to be behind the bar doing these things or seeing clients, but getting an understanding of what the entirety of that experience is like is helpful before you commit to it. So, right. 
Yeah. And I'm glad you touched upon, um, that like slower immersion into this passion, becoming your full-time because, um, I think that's something that a lot of people think about. And, um, I think it's something important to touch upon because I think people think that it's their only option to like go cold Turkey and quit their job and follow their passion. It's like this big, remarkable moment in life, but also it's like, it's, it's great to have a security so that you're not stressed about maybe the financial aspect while you're putting your effort into these passions and building them into something that will, um, be the providing factor financially and, you know, all the other things that are around that. And then I guess to, um, wrap it up, what are your dreams for the future? I know you're taught, you said that you have this book deal, which is amazing. Congrats. <laughs> well, the book is definitely a future dream. It's, it's being realized as I write it hour yeah. by hour. Um, <laughs> I really, so, you know, we've, we've had this whole conversation about like what, you know, it was like to grow up as sort of a closeted herbalist and then, you know, become one in public. Um, you know, the the identity and the passion that runs even deeper for me than my natural relationships is the one of being a writer. Um, and I didn't think that I was going to get to do it in this life. Um, you know, I've been writing since I was a little kid, but I had all the insecurities that we often do, you know, am I, am I good enough? I didn't study it professionally. Like, who am I to think that, you know, I can be a writer. Um, but it appears that, you know, I'm getting an opportunity to, um, to debut that. And so one dream, you know, for the future is that I spend, um, most of my time writing long term uh and after this book i'd like to just continue to do that i'm very inspired by um writing as an art form so i I like the visuals of it i like the experience of it and i think i like a lot of experimental um art that can be done and is done with words and sounds and um audio or verbal consumption so Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna put put it out there for everybody who checks back in on me in another 10 years i hope that's what i'm doing yeah um and in the meantime i think you know i'm really excited about supernatural collaborating with other um companies and people in places to bring herbalism back out into the world in really artful and um immersive ways you know i think we've been we've become very digital uh since the pandemic as a lot of people have and um i want to i mean this this shirt that i'm wearing i know we're audio only but it's a botanically dyed indigo shirt Mm. and you know i would love to do a line of clothing and do dinners and do ceramics and do all the different things that we have in our life that um, herbalism and the botanical world can be part of. Um, yeah. So I think that that those projects are, are um, dreams for the future as well. Yeah, I think there's so much to be created in a lifetime and <laughs> the people I tend to interview feel like there's just there's really no room for boredom. Like there's so much to create. There's so much to discover. There's so much to learn and play with. And I think that's really cool. Um, But yeah, I'm waiting for the uh, dream choose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
I like that idea. We'll put that in the queue. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, But yeah, I'm really excited for your book. I love um, your newsletter, like really great pieces. And I'm always like looking when you have new ones. And yeah, pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing with everyone. And um, I'm excited to see this book launch in the future. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, we'll be in touch around it for sure.